0: Welcome to the Octavius Gould Experience and I'm your host, Octavius Gould. Today, I'm excited to bring to you episode 28 titled, Networking for Success. The purpose of this episode is to provide my audience with best practices on networking for excellence. Networking is mission critical to your success, as I mentioned. When professionals learn to network well, it doesn't just improve their career, it also improves their personal lives. The greatest networkers I've come across don't just have successful careers and businesses. They also have valued friendships and are always at the forefront of new career opportunities. In the case of entrepreneurs or anyone who sells a product or service, networking is oftentimes the difference between being mediocre or successful. My friends, networking is all about life skills and social skills combined with sales skills. Networking events normally are conducted before or after work, but you'll also find some opportunities to network at events such as trade shows during normal business hours. Networking events can be really scary. And I know some of you just hearing the word networking are like, no, that's not for me. Because imagine being at an event full of 100 strangers. That can be somewhat intimidating. So the best way to network is to leverage your natural strengths. Be authentic. Be who you are. Don't try to be someone else. When I coach introverted entrepreneurs on networking skills, I normally recommend at first that they take a friend, colleague or a partner along with them to some of the events that they attend. You want to take someone who's outgoing like me. I'm an outgoing person. I've always been. I love people. I'm a people person. So take someone who's more outgoing to ease your tensions and allow you to ease into it. They can be your hype person, that person who gives you some courage. And then you can ease your way into the conversation and go with their flow. For example, I can remember in 2018, there was a younger person I was mentoring and they didn't enjoy going to networking events. They had a great personality, but they just felt uncomfortable being around a lot of people that they didn't know, especially in a business setting. So there was a very important business event at the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce. I took this person with me. I told them beforehand, I got you. I'll engage people, introduce you to different people that I may know and people that I may not know. And we went. We had a wonderful time. And as we were listening to speakers, I pointed out to this young person that Dr. Bernice King was sitting at two tables across from us. Afterwards, I was going to introduce myself to her and obviously introduce her to Dr. King as well. After the event, people started getting up. I walked right over to Dr. Bernice King and she was with two other women and I made sure I introduced myself to Dr. King and the two women with her. And I introduced the young sales professional who was with me in attendance to Dr. King and she was so warm and gracious. And immediately made the person feel comfortable. And we had a short conversation and it was a great experience for this person since it was truly their first networking event that they had attended. And I'm quite sure even today they're doing extremely well going out there on their own. So, again, take someone with you who's more outgoing to just show you the ropes. For example, I went to a networking event three years ago and this was actually right before the pandemic. And it was titled, I think, Young Professionals of Atlanta. So majority of the people in attendance were young business professionals in the Atlanta business community. I didn't take anyone with me. I just went to network because here's the key. As an entrepreneur, I understand that although I may be an executive coach to C-level executives and senior VPs and entrepreneurs today, those 20-something-year-old professionals will one day grow up into a 30, 40, 50-year-old success. And if I develop relationships with them now, I'll be the executive coach of choice a decade later. So yes, I went to this networking event. Most people in attendance were 20 to 30 years old. There was one other person, I think even close to my age, and I am in my 50s, so we laughed when we approached one another because we were the two seniors of the group, but it was a great event. But I noticed that many of the young professionals immediately asked me what it is that I did. And they really wanted to ascertain how to go about networking because they were at their first event in many cases. So I ended up coaching people on the fly, telling them how to approach people at this event. Made tremendous contacts, and many of those individuals I connected with on LinkedIn and I still keep in contact with today. Let's get into the principles of networking. Networking is all about getting known by people who matter, also, initiating relationships with decision makers and influencers. Just don't go to a networking event trying to build a relationship with a CEO of a company. Sometimes it could be someone who doesn't necessarily have that influential title, but they could be an influencer of decisions at their organization. Also, it's about making more business and career contacts. There are different reasons for you to go to networking events. Are you an entrepreneur or a salesperson trying to engage an audience that can help you generate sales? Are you a professional looking to network with individuals who can help you climb the corporate ladder or assist you in finding entryway into a company that you covet to work for? Also, building your professional brand is a great reason to attend networking events. And this doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or a new person just starting out in your business career. Companies have a brand and individuals have a brand. And you want to build your personal brand and make sure that you introduce yourselves to individuals that can help you along the way at any stage of your career. Whether you're an entry-level employee, a mid-level manager, someone in marketing operations, or an executive, you should always be working on enhancing and stabilizing your personal brand. And networking events is a great way to do that. Also, it's a great way to drive future sales, but not selling on the spot. Too often, I see business professionals trying to sell immediately upon meeting a key contact, which is a huge turnoff. Your objective is to initiate a relationship and get the other person to speak. Then listen for your opportunity to move the conversation forward. What do you need to be a great networking professional? If you don't enjoy meeting strangers in professional settings, you need to have guts. You need to have courage to get out there and talk to people you don't know. We're conditioned not to speak to strangers. That's what I used to tell my two daughters when they were younger. But as you develop your career, you have to develop a comfort level to speak to people that you don't know. You need a great 30 second elevator pitch that will engage a person and get you to the next step in the relationship stage. And I'll talk about elevator pitches on a different podcast because that's very important. But just think, 30 seconds of who you are and what you do, your value proposition, and why they should continue listening to you or engage you at a later date. You must always be ready to give your pitch. You must be equipped to market yourself on the spot at all times, no matter where you are. You need to dedicate time. It takes time to be exceptional at anything, whether you're a basketball player, a soccer player, or a business professional trying to build your network. It takes practice. And the more you attend networking events, the more you engage people you don't know, the better you're going to get. You need a plan of action of where and when. Why is this important? it's important to be at the right event at the right time. Just don't attend any networking event. I can remember when I was a young sales professional at MCI Telecommunications many decades ago, I had a coworker who wanted to attend every networking event in the city. I told him, I said, you may want to identify the right audience for you for the right opportunity. So many cases, I would tell him, no. I was laser focused on going to these events building relationships, not just short-term, but long-term relationships. And some of those relationships that I initiated back in the 90s, I still engage on LinkedIn or over coffee or over lunch today. So be purposeful. When you go to networking events, it's not about finding dates. It's not about socializing with people about the sporting events that's going on in the cities. You want to make sure that you are laser focused on the task at hand and your business objective is to identify individuals who you can help and who can help you be more successful. What are the best places to network? I'm sure is some of the questions that people would ask me if they were on the podcast with me today. My friends, to maximize your networking effectiveness, you must follow one simple rule. Go where your prospects and customers are likely to be. Number one, chamber of commerce. Business after hours events is what they're called at times because they always generate great contacts and renew old friendships. Many of these events that I would go to, I would meet new business professionals, but at the same time, I would run into people that I've conducted business with in the past and even former colleagues. They are also great places to try out your new 30-second elevator pitch. It's all about practicing, as I mentioned. Practice, practice, and practice some more. Number two, high-profile community events and annual award dinners. And these are great because you have an opportunity during your meal to talk to people about life, about business, and really get to know them and develop rapport. Number three, business journal events, such as 40 Under 40, Power Breakfast, Seminars, these are places where the movers and shakers go. So you do too because you are going to be a mover and shaker once you start to follow some of these best practices. Number four, a networking club or a business organization where solid business contacts belong and participate. The more you attend, the more you'll get known, grow and succeed in your marketplace. When I was much younger, with a limited Rolodex of contacts, yes, and I mean those paper cards that us old folks would flip through back and forth before there was software, I preferred networking events that limited the number of professionals from the same industry. For example, if you're in software, you don't want to join a networking club where five other software professionals are going to be. Or if you're an entrepreneur and your marketplace happens to be event planning, why go to a networking club or attend a networking club event where 15 other event planners are going to be? So you want to ascertain up front from the organizer what their policy is as it relates to the number of people from a specific industry attending and participating on a regular basis. One or two are fine because there are ways you can differentiate yourself because most people drop the ball, they don't follow up something I'll talk about later and they don't do the things that I'm mentioning to you. So it's a way to differentiate yourself again to make yourself stand out. So don't be concerned with one or two, but more than that, that's not the right organization for you. Number five, college alumni clubs since having common ground will generate instant rapport. I graduated from the University of Minnesota, but in many cases, there are alumni clubs in cities such as Atlanta, where I reside. Figure out if there is an alumni club of your college in the city that you reside and try to attend and network. Or figure out where those events from your alumni club are and identify an opportunity to participate when you're in that city, whether on vacation, for personal reasons or for business reasons. And if you didn't go to college, that's fine because you still can find a connection with an alumnus from a college. Number six, a civic organization is a great place to build relationships with others while helping your community at the same time. So try to identify civic organizations that post-pandemic are still generating great interest and great participation. There are tons of them. I reside in Atlanta. There's a civic organization holding an event or an, a networking opportunity event on a regular basis. When you go to some of these events held by civic organizations, have your priorities in order. Because in a lot of cases, you have to be passionate about what their purpose is. So just don't go to meet people. Go to enhance the relationships that you have while enhancing your community as well. Number seven, charity events or volunteer opportunities such as the Boys and Girls Clubs, Big Brothers Big Sister, Cancer Awareness Events, Habitat for Humanity, and more. These are some of the best Because when people see you volunteering, they are more likely to want to get to know you. Your likability rates will increase and they are more likely to want to help you. But more importantly, you're helping others within your community while you're still networking. Number eight, industry trade shows. My friends, this will provide you an opportunity to not only learn about the industry, products, services, and even new innovative technology. You are going to be able to network with people in your own industry. They're not necessarily competitors all the time. In many cases, they are people who are like minded, who are attending to learn about different trades, different industries and different products and services. So. Focus on those industry trade shows because they're becoming popular again post pandemic. Number nine, professional associations. This is a great place to learn and meet key professionals as well. But here's a key tip. Strive to become a seminar presenter and not just an attendee. Number 10. This one may seem obvious, but a lot of people miss the boat on this. Leverage your social media. LinkedIn, IG, Facebook, and even Twitter, because making connections online is a low cost and very effective networking strategy, especially if you're not an outgoing person. During the pandemic in 2020, when a lot of my business clients were closing their books, I wasn't generating any revenue. I was still committed to posting on various social media platforms on a daily basis. And my focus was trying to motivate and inspire others who were going through challenging times, whether it was the death of family members and friends, their business shutting down, or revenue attrition. So while motivating others and focusing on what I can do for others, I got a call one day from the sister of the high school classmate, Her name is Christina, and she passed away shortly after 2020, so someone that I think about often that I stayed in touch with for decades. We would converse on IG. She would like my post. I would check on her to see how she was doing. And when Millie, the sister, called, she mentioned that she had listened to one of my posts. It was a video that I posted about business, entrepreneurship, and leadership and she said that she needed to engage me because she's an entrepreneur, and she wanted to talk about the services that I provided as a business coach. It instantly created an opportunity for me to develop a relationship with Millie, who was also from my hometown, but I didn't know personally, although I would see her and say hi to her when we were back in school, we just didn't keep in touch like Christina and I, her older sister, and within two weeks, Millie and I were conducting business. I became her business coach. And this was all about being consistent on social media and not doing things like being salesy, but focusing on delivering compelling content to others that could either help them with their business, help them get through an economic turndown due to the pandemic, or more importantly, inspire them and get them to tap in their reserve of optimism until economic conditions improved. And again, it turned into a business opportunity and that's not the first time and it hasn't been the last time. So don't forget to leverage social media as an opportunity to network. And here's the key. It's just not about posting on social media and then seeing how many likes you got or trying to get connections. I don't have as many connections as the average person because I focus on critical relationships identifying people that I can engage with and being consistent and purposeful with intentionality, trying to understand who they are, what they do, and more importantly, how I can help them. Every now and then, I'll engage them by just trying to ascertain how they're doing or what's happening within their business or giving them advice. So you want to be conversational in a sense where you can develop relationships. And some of the greatest relationships I have today are with people who I met On social media. Here's some keys. Make sure that you maintain an active profile on these sites, especially LinkedIn, because that's the business networking platform. Pay attention to what's happening so that you can keep up to date on the most current business best practices. Because these platforms are changing. The algorithms are changing. So you need to make sure that you stay attuned to what's going on. I tell you who's great at educating people on best practices and that's the influencer and the great business serial entrepreneur, Gary V. He's awesome because he's always ahead of the curve and he's been very successful for decades and social media is one of the reasons why he's successful among others. Always present a positive online image because you never know who's watching. I recently lost a $52,000 opportunity to executive coach for a nonprofit. We're going to lose opportunities as entrepreneurs. We lose opportunities and you have to take it with a grain of salt, tighten up your belt and keep walking along that journey. Because every time you get a no is an opportunity for you to get closer to a yes. There's a lesson learned in even losing that opportunity and what that was, you never know who's watching because the opportunity presented itself again because I was posting consistently twice a week on LinkedIn, which was a pivot from what I was doing during the pandemic in 2020, where I was focusing more on I.G. and Facebook. And once I started posting on LinkedIn and posting on LinkedIn consistently and having a strategy, just not throwing stuff up there or talking about things that I felt was compelling, but really focusing on what my target audience would potentially want to hear and want to know or want to learn. I noticed that I would start getting leads, people reaching out to me to ascertain how I could potentially help them or their business. So although I lost that $52,000 opportunity, it still showed me that what I was doing was correct and I was on the right path. Now I'll pivot to key tips to remember. This is all about things that I've put into practice and I've worked diligently on to improve, to become great at and one of the best things that I do is networking. Walking into a room with hundreds of people who I don't know and walking out after having made friends. Present yourself well. What do I mean? Stand up when you introduce yourself. Use a firm handshake and make sure that you make eye contact. Don't be worried about what's happening in the left corner When you're meeting someone and you're shaking their hand, it's all about them. They are the most important thing, most important person happening at that time. And try using typed out name tags with a personalized laminated name tag holder. I hate those sticky papers name tags that they pass out at some of these events because they always fall off of my suit jacket. So what I did is I went and got a name tag holder. And I typed out my name, the name of my business, and I put it into that laminated holder that clips on either to my shirt or to my jacket. It's professional. No one has to worry about trying to figure out what's on the tag because my name Octavius is difficult in itself for people to pronounce. So I have to make it as easy as possible. Make sure that you use something that's going to allow you to be more efficient and you don't have to worry about your name tag peeling off half of your name showing or the thing dropping on the floor halfway through the event. First impressions can be lasting impressions. Also smile and show passion about what you do. I don't care what you're going through personally to put you in a bad mood. If you take the time to attend a networking event It's not about you. It's about them. It's about the event or the business or organization that you represent. So put a smile on your face. Be personable. You never know the opportunity that will be presented to you by spending an hour at a networking event with people you don't know. Think about this. If you go to one event per month, that's 12 events per year that you are putting yourself out there in front of individuals who potentially help you, who you can potentially help and develop a mutually rewarding relationship with. I don't care what business you're in. You're going to get better at what you do. You're going to find people who are willing to help you and you're going to be more successful because of it. Also, talk and listen. You have to talk to people. You can't just Be a wallflower and stand around watching, people watching. Go to the beach if you want to do that. Go to the park. (laughs) Listening is key because you have to listen to what people are saying. People want to know that you've heard what they had to say and you appreciate what they're saying. Find a prime location to stand in. I talked about not being a wallflower a second ago. It's like If you ever have a business, they talk about location, location. Even when you buy a house, location, 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 that's how you're going to earn greater equity. At a networking event, location is important, too, because where you stand may be the difference between meeting one or two people in an hour or two or meeting five to ten. The best place to stand is where people leave when they're exiting the bar. They'll have a beverage in their hand and they're ready to socialize. So when I go to networking events, I make sure I don't really drink a lot because I want to make sure that I am on point. But I do stand near the bar and I watch where people are exiting after they get their beverage and I stand there. And that is giving me an opportunity to speak to everyone. They're in a good mood. They just got a drink. They're taking a couple sips. They walk into me, I am smiling, I am standing, and I am approachable, and I am engaging. But more importantly, I am focused on them, who they are, what they do, and potentially how I can help them. It's all about making it a deposit. If you make deposits first, others will make deposits into your account later. Focus on remembering the names of the people you meet. And I am bad at this, I must admit. I am bad at remembering names, but I've gotten better over the years because like anything else, I work on it. I identify my weaknesses and I turn them into strength. That's the one thing that I haven't turned into a strength yet, but I'm better. <laughs> this can be a nightmare, my friends, especially when you meet several people like I do because when I'm at a networking event, I identify upfront like I told you guys because I plan. I identify events that are going to be of value. So when I'm there, I know the individuals that I am meeting are champions, potentially influencers or key decision makers. So I am meeting as many people as I possibly can meet. By the end of the day, that's a lot of names I need to remember and that's why I may not be excellent at it, but I have little tricks and techniques that I've developed over the years. One technique is when someone mentions their name, repeat it afterwards. So if you met Mary, Mary, it's great to meet you. If someone says, my name is Jonathan, great to meet you, Jonathan. My name is Tyrone. Tyrone, what is it that you do? So there are different ways to repeat their name without just repeating their name for the heck of it. But it allows you to remember and retain what they've said to you. But more importantly, it lets them also know that you're listening. Another trick, and this is what I used to do when I was really bad at remembering names. If they didn't have a business card, I would use my business card on the back of it and I would put their name and something about them. But we've gotten away from that. What I do now is I take out my iPhone, and if they don't have a business card, I put their name in the note section of my, my iPhone, excuse me, and then I'll put little tidbits about them that will allow me to remember who they are, what we talked about, the organization that they're affiliated with, and what is it that they do. If you're going to meet 10 people in an hour, you'll never remember the finer details of communicating with each person. So it's best to keep a written record of who you've spoken with, their line of business, and along with a few details that will jog your memory. But just be respectful and wait until the conversation has ended before you start typing into your iPhone or your Droid or what have you into the notes section. But that's a great technique. You also want to stay organized and doing what I just mentioned Putting the information in the notes section of your phone will allow you to stay organized because the next day you have the opportunity to revisit some of the notes that you've put in and identify the key people that you want to keep track of if you don't have access to a crm a customer relationship management system like salesforce.com detail your interaction with professionals you've met inside of excel Take an Excel spreadsheet and create columns and rows and put the name of the person, the name of their company, their phone number, email address, if you have it. And a few tidbits about the conversation that you had with that person. The follow up piece. Extremely important. So many sales professionals, entrepreneurs and business professionals go to networking events. They do a great job. They engage champions, influencers and even some decision makers. And then they drop the ball by never following up. Not me. If I meet you and you've given me an opportunity to get to know you, I'll respect your time. But more importantly, I will respect my time. The fact that I went, drove there, especially through Atlanta traffic. I am going to make sure that I follow up with you. And that's how you turn connections into mutually rewarding relationships. People are busy. And if you don't connect with them often, you'll be forgotten. So I recommend that you connect with people within 24 to 48 hours of meeting them. And the way you wanna do it is to send a brief email reminding them who you are and what you talked about and where you met them. If you take it a step further, which I recommend, connect with them on LinkedIn by sending a personalized note with an invitation to connect while reminding them of where you met. And again, one little tidbit, keep it brief. However, if you're trying to connect with them on LinkedIn on your phone, instead of a laptop, one of the things that many people don't realize is that you can't send a personalized message with that. And in that case, send the invitation to connect and then follow up with a brief personalized message. Some professionals are a little bit more accustomed to getting invitations to connect without that personalized message. Whereas back in the day, if you didn't have a personalized message with that invitation, people were going to just delete you or tag you as someone they didn't know. So it's a little bit more acceptable because most people realize when you connect on your phone, you can't send a message with that invitation. They're more likely to accept it and then you can just follow up later. But here's a time saver. One of the things I like to do is create a generalized message in the note section of my phone. I really utilize the features and functionality of my phone. I heard years ago that most people don't even use 50% of the features and functionality with our phones. And that was years ago. Imagine now that technology has gotten more innovative, but I try to use as many features as I possibly can that's going to help me be more efficient and more effective. I'll create a message and I have a template of messages for any type of business situation in my notes and also in Outlook in my email. And what I do is I have this little template for different situations, as I mentioned, and if it's a networking event, it introduces the opportunity to connect on LinkedIn but I personalize it so I just cut and and paste it into the message and then I add a little bit of personalization so that they know I remember who they are and what we talked about. But it's a very efficient way. Imagine if you had to create and type a new note for every person you met. No, already have the template in your note section. Use that, make it brief, very concise And then just add a few little tidbits that will personalize it so they'll know who you are. But more importantly, they know that you are paying attention and listening to what they had to say and showing them that they're important. Introduce your network to each other. You want to be known as a power connector. Again, I mentioned before, it's all about what you can do for them and not necessarily about what they can do for you. Because if you have that philosophy and you take that approach, you're going to find that most people are going to help you anyway. And they're going to find you to be a likable person, but more importantly, a power connector. If you're building bridges between different business professionals and don't be afraid to ask for help. But after you ascertain how you can help them, People are willing to help others. So many people are afraid to ask for help. I don't know if it's pride or what, or just being scared. In business, if you really focus on what you can do for that person and you try with tremendous effort and you're genuine, you have earned the right to ask others to help you. In closing the show, my friends, network to develop relationships, not to close the deal. You're not at a networking event to close business. You are there to meet valuable contacts and develop relationships. Your only agenda should be to set a number of people that you want to have conversations with. Get to know those people. Figure out what they do so you can ascertain how you can help them. And then move on. Don't try to sell. That's not why you're there. And whatever you do, never stop networking. Let me repeat that. Never stop networking. I've been networking for decades. And again, some of the people that I have legitimate relationships with on the business front today are with people who I met 20, 30 years ago at networking events. My friends, if you covet compelling content on entrepreneurship or leadership, please hit like, share and subscribe to my podcast now so you can be alerted to future episodes. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next episode. Carpe diem.